the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. It calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. My name is Spud. Spud Goodman. Please at least tolerate me as I do have some redeeming value as a human. I can handle things. I'm smart. At least for the next 58 and a half minutes as, as it could pay off bigly for you. I mean, I don't like to count my chickens before they're conceived, but this show we have for you could be pretty darn good. I, I, I should probably leave it at that you know, and, and temper the expectations a bit so you, know, so you don't expect the show it's going to be like awesome or something. The difference between good and awesome is huge. So let's just stick with good. All right, now I need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give everyone a decent chuckle. All righty. Well, not my best, but yeah. I'm okay with it. Well, it it'll work. And, and now I'm forced to acknowledge our temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. You can pipe up now with a hello or, or even a hey will suffice. Oh, uh, will hey yeah be okay? Yeah, because but you know that's that's my trademark yeah, saying. Well. You know, shut up. I, I know you've asked me to refrain from using it on the air, but uh, I yeah. feel like any co-host worth his salt has to have a trademark saying and be able to use it when it's appropriate. A temporary co-host, and there is never an appropriate time for you to toss out that lame trademark saying. Well, t temporary, permanent co-host. Okay, whatever. And, oh, what's wrong with... Hey, yeah. I, I think the listeners enjoy hearing it. It gives me a bit of gravitas in my role. <laughs> gravitas? Yeah. There isn't a co-host on Earth with gravitas, man. You're dreaming. Oh, I'm with Spud on this one. I just don't see the gravitas thing, Gerald. No offense. Well, you know what? My wife feels when I interject a timely, hey, yeah, it, it really raises the level and quality of discussion on the show. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration... I even use it at times at the dinner table at oh, home. I, oh, I should say, well, very sparingly, you know, as I don't want to go, yeah. you know, to the well too often. Um, you know? No, no, I don't. And who the hell goes to a well these days? We all have indoor plumbing. And what does that even mean? It's a saying people use, Spud, like, uh, don't do the same thing over and over. Well, we can agree with that one for sure. Yeah. You know, you really don't need to do or say anything more then once, if that. Good call, yo. So, so what I was gonna bring up, something that uh, might make some on the show uncomfortable, 
but it could make for great radio. Our executive producer, Lori Madsen, has suggested that we attempt to deal with the topic of romance on the show. Now, I guess what she wants is a, is a rom-com episode, as, as she thinks it, it might help us in the ratings with the millennial women and, and elderly men. Huh. And, and since there's you know only one romance going on currently with show staff that I'm aware of, I guess we're going to attempt to examine it right now on the show, if that's okay with everyone. Well, hey, yeah. You know, you know. I got to say, I'm still madly in love with my wife, Rachel, but yeah. you've well. asked me to keep quiet about how deeply we care for each other. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. L- let me ask you this. Would you like me to tell our listeners about the renewal of our vows next month? It's going to um, be the fourth time that we've done that. Uh, that would be a no. Oh. But what I have been told to pursue is the budding romance between my aunt and Chance the intern. Wh- what? Yeah, I said it. I Wh- said it. Wait. And Aunt Dorothy, everyone around this studio has figured out that there's something going on between the two of you. So let's talk about it. Really? Mm. You want to do this right now on the air? It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. You know, I, I had heard the others mentioning this at our last staff meeting, but I, I didn't know whether to believe it or not. And Dorothy, there's nothing to be ashamed of. True love, if you know, if it can be found, is a good thing. Well, I Those agree. Those of us that will never find it in our lifetimes are, are not bitter or jealous of you and your lover, Chance, the intern. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. We are even sort of happy for you, hmm. but, but are basically ambivalent about Chance. Hey, my personal life, Spud, is not something I feel comfortable discussing on this show. Well, that was never a part of the deal. Okay, I know. I laugh on cue. And that's it. But, you know, lately the show's been sort of blah, and, and it's been oh. pointed out to me that romance, you know, isn't. I mean, people might like it if we play up the hardcore sex oh, angle. Oh, brother. You, you won't have to get, like, real uh. graphic here, but, but Chance is a healthy 20-year-old boy, so we all know he has needs. There are all kinds of perversions. Spud, I... I, j- I wouldn't go there. Right. M- maybe we should bring on our musical guest right now. Yeah, okay, but I have my orders here, and we will be discussing this torrid love affair sometime in the program. Yes! But right now, I, I guess I want to introduce... I don't want to. I need to, because I love these guys. All right, I want to introduce our musical guest, Robert Diebel, who will be performing a song from his new album, Beloved, which is getting considerable national airplay. So, here is Robert Diebel. Whispering home in a voice yet so small 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is Louis Anderson, and I'm listening to the Spud Goodman Show to find out what dumb thing he's going to say next. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Your first guest, Roy Wood Jr., is holding for you. Right. You know, this is a funny guy. I I enjoy his work on The Daily Show, and he has a new show on Comedy Central now. You know I don't watch that Comedy Central channel. They have that show about President Trump that is in very poor taste. No collusion. Hey, I haven't missed an episode of The President Show. It's awesome. And I like Roy Wood, too. Well, you know, he had a long career in radio, a successful career, unlike us. You know, maybe we can learn something from him. Yeah, I'm always open to learning experiences. Uh, have I mentioned to you, I'm learning Portuguese right now on Rosetta Stone. Okay, say something in Portuguese. Oh, uh, uh, well, I just started learning, so ask me next week. I'll have a hamburger, for which I will gladly pay you Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Just put Roy through. Yeah, here he is. Say hello to comedian actor Roy Wood Jr. Thanks for coming on our show, man. How the heck are you up there in the Northwest? What is it, 70 degrees and wet right now? What yeah. are you guys working with? What's that winter looking like? In our dreams, no. It's, it's exactly what you would think it would be. But anyway, so hey, you are currently the new host on the Comedy Central show This Is Not Happening that airs each Friday night at midnight, 11 Central, while still doing your correspondent assignments on The Daily Show. Things are hopping for you now, huh? Well, you know what? It's all about paying the bills. It's crazy how having a kid will motivate you to do things that stress you out to no end. But, you know, you work hard to get to an opportunity to have one or two chances and to have a couple of chances concurrently. I'm not going to say no to that. Heck yeah. Well, um, so you get comedians and actors to come on the show and share stuff that most non-showbiz people would probably keep to themselves in the closet. All for the sake of entertainment, huh? Has any guest after the taping asked a bulky racer segment? No, they know what they're getting into. Hell, we do the show inside of a strip club, so you already know it's going to be something weird. And I think part of the reason why they do it at a strip club is so that you can feel comfortable in being open and honest and knowing that worse things have happened on this stage than anything that you're telling us a story about. Uh, it's 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 a great opportunity to see your favorite entertainers in a prism that you've never seen them before. Uh, there's no other show that will allow that will afford entertainers that space unless it's their own hour special. You can't get a story of Howie Mandel falling off a freeway anywhere else unless he did it in an hour special. And who knows when Howie will decide to return to stand-up in that full, you know, televised capacity. But otherwise, you get to hear a couple of, you know, really cool stories that you wouldn't get anywhere else. All right, super. You guys must, like, go home after every taping with, like, nothing in your wallet left. But anyway, that's another story. All right. Um, okay, well, hey, you're, you're the host of this show. This is what I wanted to ask you. But have you shared a story from your past on the show that would be somewhat embarrassing? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, and some of the stuff is embarrassing. Some of the stuff is wild. It's just the important thing is that it's all true and it has to have actually happened. I, I talked this season uh, in a couple of weeks on the episode about moms. Um, I told a story about the time that I was with my mother and she thought she met Rod Stewart only to later reveal that she was at a TGI Fridays in Times Square, which makes me believe it was an impersonator 
We got into a huge blowout argument about it. Didn't talk to each other for almost a week uh-huh. because of this. Fast forward to a couple of years later, we're in a department store in London. I see the actual Rod Stewart, and I asked him if he was in a TGI Fridays. He rolled his eyes and just kept walking. I turned to my mom, and I said, see, I told you he wasn't in TGI Fridays. Uh-huh. I win. Wow. All right. Um, I don't know. I would use the the host card and avoid spilling the beans myself if it was like really embarrassing stuff. That's just me. But anyway, all right. Um, so let me say this: your comedy has been praised by the press. Entertainment Weekly, for one, called your work charismatic crankiness. Not too shabby of a review. Yeah, that was very nice of him. You know, I'm just a guy that's mad about all the wrong things. I know there's politics, and I know that there's all of these major worldly issues we could be discussing and there's plenty of people out there fighting the good fight with that but who's fighting for the fact that they are still charging money for sauce when you want extra sauce with your chicken nuggets i'm here to fight the small battles thank god somebody's out there in the trenches taking care of that that's good to- well, do you want to keep paying 50 cents for sweet and sour no of course you don't well uh, Roy- i'm here Thank you for your service. Okay, all right, super. Um, I've been called cranky too for years, you know, but but no one's ever put the word charismatic in front of it, you know. I don't know. Mostly <laughs> they tack stuff on after cranky, like cranky jerk, cranky loser, yeah. cranky missile. Well, the trick to being a prick is doing it in a nice blazer. There you go. I wrote just wrote that down. All right, super. You know, hey, we had Jordan Klepper on the show a few times, and I have mentioned how brave he's been to do some of the field segments where he ventures into not exactly friendly territory. Have you ever been in tight situations doing your thing? on The Daily Show? Nope. That's why we send Jordan. Because he's a white dude and he can handle it. I've gone... (laughs) When we did the Republican National Convention, that one was a little dicey depending on where in the convention center we were. Yeah. Or it was in Quicken Loans Arena uh, where it was held. Um, And that was fine. But, you know, with The Daily Show, sometimes you're going to be around people that don't agree with what you do. And that's fine. And, And... I've read enough of my YouTube comments over my career to know that not everybody likes me. And I get that. And that's all in the game. The only thing I can compare it to when you're out and about, it's like meeting your YouTube commenters in person. Ew, that would be ugly. Yeah, Yeah, it's a little weird, but... Yeah, at least you're, at least mine. I don't know about you. I'm sure yours are mostly kind, but anyway. Say, uh, Spud, yes. I, I would have to say... It is really an uncomfortable experience reading the comments on social media about you. People can be so vicious on the internet. Oh, hey man, just a sec. Well, like Roy said, it's part of the game. Some people are going to like you, and some people are not going to be crazy about you. Yeah, but most people despise you, Spud. I I would be surprised if Roy had to deal with that level of vitriol. As his aunt... I would say that he has years of experience in dealing with the haters, even yeah. going back to his preschool years. Yeah. He had a number of peers who detested him, and he never let it get to him, right, Spud? Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to ignore it, but, you know, way back then, but like at open playtime, I, I did feel, you know, unfairly shunned a bit, but I just learned to play by myself. Uh, I won't lie, it still hurts at any age to be thought of as an. Oh, well, I would never use that word, of course, but I sure read it a lot on our show's social media sites. Hey, what can you do? Anyway, I, I need to get back to Roy. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Um, hey, hey, well, you're a master at prank phone calls. I mean, you've released three CDs of your stuff so far. So here's my question. What's the key to a killer prank phone call? 
Ooh, conflict. Okay. Conflict. The the best prank phone calls are either two people arguing or is trying to get an impossible request granted. Like, that's pretty much it. Hey, I'm going to come fight you or, hey, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'll beat you up. I'll beat you up. Or it's me calling the gas station and asking them to let me have a charity barbecue by the gas pumps to raise money for my scout troop. Huh. Huh. Which probably isn't the best use of a gas station to have open flames by the pump. No, so it's not. It's, it's kind of that situation where you have that type of stuff. But, you know, pranks are always enjoyable. They're fun to do. I don't get to do them as often as I used to, but when I get the chance, it's still a blast. Well, you're, you're one of the best at it. I, I, they've never worked for me, you know, especially when I call like federal government agencies. It's, just, I don't know, it's never funny, but um, okay, well, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, this is my, my big finale. Um, Roy, besides your work in TV, uh, you, you've been on the radio for many years. So uh, th- what I usually ask my guests is, can you pick out a most memorable moment? And for you, how about radio, that part of your showbiz career? A memorable moment yeah. in radio for me? Yeah. I'd say the day I got the job. Um, I lied my way onto radio. They weren't looking for a new comedian, and I convinced the jock at the uh, station I wanted to work at. I said, if you see me perform and you think I'm funny, then would you give me an audition? He goes, sure, why not? And, you know, keep in mind, this is 2001. Uh-huh. So the concept of sending a wink, you couldn't do that back then. And you give him a DVD, he's not going to take it home and watch it. You just have to catch him out in the moment. So... I knew he'd be at the Comedy Club Friday hosting for D.L. Hughley. So I called the Comedy Club and said, hey, I work for the radio station. They said they want me to host. Dang. And they said, cool. And so they put me on stage. I performed. The host came over and shook my hand and said, see you Monday morning. And that's how I got hired. Wow. Uh, the rest is history, I guess. That's that's a cool story. All right. Yeah. Super. All right. I, I know you got to go. So let me say again that you're currently hosting the Comedy Central show. This is not happening. Each Friday night at midnight, and 11 Central. So, hey, thanks a bunch for checking in with us. It's an honor and a pleasure, and I'll see you soon. Super, Mr. Roy Wood Jr. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. Now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, Spud. Yeah. Uh, well, the show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding well, for you. put him on. Do you want me to do his plug? Yes. Uh, 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 real quick. Uh, Ted Marr can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. I'm now speaking with our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. How are you doing? Hey, Spud. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, well, let me ask you about something I read on the internets, and it 
just both freaked me out a bit and also got me a little excited. Stephen Hawking's organization has picked up 15 fast radio bursts from an unknown entity. I mean, this could be from aliens checking in on us to see if we're okay, and maybe they've watched some of our news cable channels and are trying to slap some sense into us. What do you think? Um, I know life is out there. I've been in touch with them psychically for the last two or three years. I know. And I always, yeah, I see their spacecraft above me here as well at night. Oh, all right, cool. Well, if, if yeah. they're listening in on us, I'm kind of embarrassed, you know, as we might seem somewhat intellectually challenged, and I bet they're telling a bunch of dumb earthling jokes right now. I mean, can you can imagine what they think of us? I I can tell you a little bit what, what they think. They think our our humor is is pretty pretty dumb. Only here in the, only here on planet Earth is the kind of humor that we have. They don't have it out there. They actually they enjoy it. They enjoy listening to it. And they're and I've just brought them in and they're listening to you to us right now. And they they think we're lame, huh? Basically, that's that's kind of <laughs> disheartening. All right. Well. All right. I, you know, I, I get, everyone's a critic. Um, do, do you think yeah. that they might? say enough is enough and make a visit here you know lay down the law and tell us to stop trashing the planet as it lowers you know the property values on the rest of the universe <laughs> well, that's actually that's an important point you just made because they are pretty upset um many of the benevolent ones are very upset about us um uh trashing the planet you know we, yeah. everything's here for a purpose and um some of them I know are not very happy with, with their activities, but also they know that we're an evolving species and that we're and humanity as a whole is, is, is advancing now. We're going into the higher dimensions. And with that comes more respect for each other and the, and the planet as well. Well, do you think you could put me through to the alien or whoever, whoever's sending those signals out right now? I don't want you to be like a telephone operator, but it would be cool to communicate with them. Or maybe you, know, maybe you could speak for me and say, you know, don't give up on us earthlings because things could be looking up here in like 2020. I, I brought them in a few minutes ago. I, I, didn't, I didn't contact you them. You actually the did? Radio. Really? Yeah, well, I just, yeah, my benevolent friends, I brought them in and they're here now. And um, you're welcome to ask any questions you like of them. Well, Feel free. What do they think of President Trump? Um, a wild card. Um, That's a nicer he's, term than I've heard used. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mixed bag. Um, but there is one positive thing. It, it, even though, you know, he does some crazy stuff, his free will. He's not controlled as much as the other presidents have been, and that can be good or bad depending on how you look at it. Spud, what? Um, our president receives more than enough unfair criticism these days. Do we really need uh, yeah, to hear? I don't know about unfair. Well, but do we want aliens tossing in their two cents? But you, um, you know, most non-Americans are biased against him. I'm just saying. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, even beings from distant galaxies, man. Well, I just wanted to point out how unwise it is to give aliens a platform to slam our commander in chief. Okay, but I need to get back to Ted. I have returned. Okay. Um, I don't have much more time for the aliens, actually, because I'm running behind here on the show. So tell sure. them I have to go now, if you would, if you could. They, they've read their, your mind, and they completely understand, but, but they're willing to come back anytime you like. Oh, super. Well, Ted, you, you know, you should volunteer to help out NASA, as it would, it would save them billions in their attempts to find out, you know, what's out there in space. It's just a suggestion, but anyway, all right. But I want to thank you so much for calling into the show. My pleasure, but it's always fun to talk to you. Mr. Ted Marr. Walt Disney presents... The one. 
So getting back to what I'm supposed to be discussing on this show, the budding romance between my Aunt Dorothy here and our somewhat insolent college intern, Chance, uh, I'm happy for you, Aunt Dorothy. I really am. Oh, thank you. But I don't need your approval. And let's face it, your record in relationships is pretty darn tragic. Uh, so don't go judging me well, here. Tragic. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. You know, my, my only concern is the... Okay, the age difference. Are, are you concerned that Chance is somewhat immature and unable to even carry on an adult conversation or discussion on today's topics in the news? Fair and balanced. It's who we are. I mean, yeah, like, what is Chance's position, you know, on uh, our Twitter-engaged uh, Big Mac-eating, parade-loving El Presidente? Uh, it's all fake news. He never says much around here. Do you guys even talk politics? Well, ask Chance for yourself. I'm not his mother. We are seeing each other, and I'm not ashamed okay. to admit it, okay. but he can speak for himself. Well, I would ask him, but look at him over there. Yeah. yeah. Still playing some video game on his phone, oblivious to our conversation. Seriously. Seriously. I mean, North Korea could launch a direct strike on our studio, and he wouldn't put his phone down. Yeah, yeah he, he is an intense gamer, for sure. Yeah. We don't let our eldest, uh, Gerald Jr., play video games on his phone, as it's just equipped to call home, if need be. Um, um, you suck! Um, Aunt Dorothy, can I ask, yeah, a question? Oh, <laughs> if I said no, would that stop you? Well, no, but, um, so like... In, in 10 years or so, when Chance goes back to his high school reunion, are you planning to go with him, you know, if you're still together? Well, Chance is a sophomore in college, dear. So his 10-year reunion will be in eight years. Okay. If, well, right. if you must know. And I suppose I would attend with him. Should that come up, why not? Well, I got to tell you, the music the DJ will be probably playing will be totally weak, as 2016 was like a real down year for Top 40 tunes. What are you objectifying on? I mean, what's their signature song for his class going to be? I mean, how many times can you hear Hello by Adele played? Me, zero times. Oh, I, I still love that song, Spud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I am sure I will be able to handle whatever comes my way. This isn't my first rodeo, you know. I have had prior relationships with younger men. Okay? Really? You know, you've never brought them around, me at least. Are you like into some underground Mary Letourneau dating ring? That's so hot. I know he's, he's 20 now, but still, I mean, when did you first start seeing each other? Well, it's been fairly recent. Do we have to discuss this any further? You got what you wanted. My privacy be damned. You, you know, Mrs. Jarvitz, I'm pretty sure damn is one of those words the FCC frowns on. Donnie. This guy peed on it. Donnie. Uh, no way damn is on their list. Oh, whatever. Uh, so, so, Aunt Dorothy, would you mind me asking Chance a few questions? I I'll have to issue a direct order for him to put down his phone now, but if you give me the go-ahead, I'll have someone yell at him. Well, I would prefer not, but, of course, when do you ever listen to me? Uh, Mr. Temporary Co-host, yeah. go, go tell him I want to chat with him on the air. Uh, and if he doesn't put down his phone, confiscate it on the spot. Well... Well, you know, talk to him after checking if our next guest is ready to go now. Oh, okay, okay. I will. And, uh, uh, Spud, <laughs> I'm a little bit excited because I'm being told your uh, next guest. Yeah. Uh, listen, I know I need to keep my composure here, but Ms. Jane Seymour is waiting to speak with you. And I, this is so exciting for me. Okay, okay. You know, I, I've checked out her new show. You know, when Matt Jones was on a few weeks ago, remember? It's called Let's. 
Uh, let's get physical. He plays her son. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not seen it, but her, you know her show, Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, is our family's second favorite all-time TV show. Okay. We have all the episodes on VHS tapes. Mm. Oh, that is terrific. Oh, I'm scared to ask, but what's number one? Oh, well, the the Waltons, of course. But Doctor Quinn or Jane is our favorite female star of any show. Okay, I get it. You're a major fan a major here. Just keep fan. it under control. No interrupting. Okay, but not even for just like a brief moment? Shut up. No. Now put her through and zip it. Okay, but I hope you are adequately prepared for this opportunity. You are one lucky man, Spud. Here she is. Please welcome actress and author Jane Seymour. Thanks very much for coming on our show. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. So you currently star in the pop TV comedy uh, Let's Get Physical, uh, which airs each Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Correct. Yes. Well, you know, I am familiar with the show, as, as we had Matt Jones on to discuss how the part he plays, you know, got him in tip-top shape. I, I know you were already in great shape, but have you found the show to be like an essential part of your wellness plan? I mean, I mean, you, you get to you <laughs> work out on the job and don't have to hit the gym later. You don't have to hit the gym well, later. Well, it had a phenomenal effect on Matt, and, and then I kind of looked at myself, because I was sort of sitting there not having to necessarily be that fit for the character. And then they put the leotard on me. I went, ooh, well, I better watch what I'm eating. And I, I think I dropped about 10 pounds, so, uh, which for me is quite a lot. So I'm, I'm back down to my fighting weight at the moment and um, I'm very happy about it. You know, it was a byproduct. No one asked me to lose weight, but I just thought, you know what, I'm about to have another birthday and, and uh, it would be nice to be able to wear swimsuits and not have to cover up. So, and the next thing I know, Playboy asked me to, to do um, a shoot. And uh, first I was going to say no. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe this will empower people, you know, we're, 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 you reach a certain age as a woman and it, it's almost like you don't exist anymore. So, you know, on behalf of those that are still around and, and care to have a life, <laughs> let's just say we're still around. Yeah. I did. And it's become a huge global phenomenon. And I'm so, I'm so impressed by the fact that, that Playboy did beautiful pictures that don't show anything that, uh, you know, that give the right message and great article. And a lot of women of all ages and men are, are just saying, yes, this is cool. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So super. Um, well, hey, you know, let me let me uh, hit you with this because I, I was I was reading about you and uh, I, you were made an officer of the Order of the British Empire in 2000. That must have been very special. Can you like order people around while you're back home in the UK? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. It's basically called the Order of the Knighthood. So you've heard of people becoming sir or dame, right, or lord. Well, this is sort of just before you become um, a dame. So you become an officer, and then um, if I'm lucky enough, they'll make me a dame. But I don't know if that'll happen since I live in America. Well, you still have some juice with that title, though. It's a very impressive title, i got to say. It's a very impressive title. It's an amazing event. I mean, I was there when um, other people were being knighted, and um, and it was the same ceremony. I just instead of having a, a sword on my shoulder, I was given a, a, a very large medal. Oh. which I have, a beautiful medal, and it was, it was an amazing, amazing day and something I'm very proud of. Very cool. Well, I know you are now a naturalized citizen of the U.S. I wish we had some of those neat titles the Brits have, so, but I guess we really can't give you anything that sounds really cool here. Sorry about that. But Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Actually, I got the Ellis Island Award for what's the ever, well, 
for being an immigrant, I guess. Super. Yeah. All right. Well, I have, to, I have to ask one James Bond question. You were in Live and Let Die playing solitaire opposite Roger Moore as Bond. And I have to say, you had some really scary close calls in the movie before being saved. Were you ever thinking, you just I just might not make it out of this jam? Oh, oh you mean in the show? Yes. Uh, actually, there were some scary things that happened. Um, but one time, right at the beginning, when we had the scene with the snake... I was yes. actually for real tied up at the stake there and the guy who was holding the snake got bitten and dropped the snake and the snake came straight for me and you know they were all worried about the man who'd been bitten and nobody seemed to be worried about me and the snake except for the snake wrangler who at the very last second picked up the snake and got mad at the guy for you know pulling his hand away when he got bitten because the snake lost his teeth oh. and uh, he said if a snake without teeth will die so uh, that was scary yeah <laughs> um, yeah, and then I was, uh, I got terrible, terribly sick with, um, well, I don't even want to discuss it, but both Roger and I were very, very, very sick to our stomachs in every possible way when we were in Jamaica, and we were sharing the only trailer they had on the film at that time, and somebody smashed their car into the back of it. It was the, back, it was the, the worst part of Jamaica where we were, and we both fell on top of one another, sick as dogs, so, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. things you never hear about. Spud, yes. well, I won't lie. I'm enthralled right now listening to Jane speak. Uh, Jane, just a sec. Enthralled? Yeah. Tell off and calm down, dude. Well, and I wanted to mention that both my wife and I also have experienced serious digestive issues following an unwise visit to a local Taco Bell. Okay. It okay. Was, oh, it was a miserable experience. You really want to jump in here and talk about explosive diarrhea? Well, Excuse me, but that is just too much information for me, and I know our listeners. I'm just trying to voice my support here for Jane and what she and Roger Moore went through on the set of that James Bond movie. Yeah. It, it gives us fans an insight into the dangers movie stars face on the set. I'll tell you, my wife Rachel and I both went through a living hell. Well, Spud, the one benefit for you with your long-time two-to-three-bottle-a-day Pepto-Bismol habit is really you're bulletproof with any potential diarrhea issues. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have seen you eat a handful of habanero peppers with no bathroom breaks. Well, Pepto saved my life many times. I, I got to get back to Jane, though. All right. Well, I, I got to ask you this, of course, because you became a major television star with your show, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. My co-host still ranks that as his second favorite all-time show. I, so during that period, did you sense that your character was groundbreaking as there were not a lot of female physicians on TV then? Actually, it, it was groundbreaking even more so than that, because first of all, there was never a woman in the lead. In a, in a drama. Mm-hmm. I think Murphy Brown had come out, but, you know, uh, this was the first... They always told me, they said, yeah, this will never make it as a series because it's a woman in the lead. It's a period piece. It's, it's, um, it's a, a Western. It's got family values. Um, and it's um, a medical show, and no one wants medical shows. Well, straight after that, you've got ER, Touched by an Angel, um, Seventh Heaven, um, and then every show now seems to have a woman in the lead. So, yes, it was huge... It was a very much a pioneer's time, and even the network to put it on didn't believe in it. But they had to put it on because people kept showing up to see it. So, right, right. Yeah. Well, it you, you broke know, all the all the barriers. You're also an author, as I mentioned uh, earlier. Yeah. You've written many books. I see one title that maybe two of our staff here in the studio should pick up: Jane Seymour's Guide to Romantic Living. <laughs> so, what's the key component for two people keeping romance alive? I'll pass it on to him. <laughs> 
Well, that's an old book, and uh, I know, you know but I, still relevant. I guess it, you know, the idea then was, you know, to keep it fresh and to, I mean, at, at that time, the the man I was married to, I, I, um, I surprised him and took him away on a, a very romantic holiday that he knew nothing about that I'd booked and. I literally pushed him in the car when he thought he was going to work, gave him one phone call to his office to make sure that everything was okay, and uh, off we went, and he had no idea what destination he was going to. So, um, yes, that was one of the things that I did. But I, I just... Uh, so keep it fresh is what you're saying. Have, I like, think surprises it, it, you know what, be, whatever it is, you, if you are happy in your own skin and, you're, and you are and you feel comfortable and, and good as a person yourself, that will attract people. Right. I don't think you have to do things for other people. I think you do things for yourself. If you're feeling good about yourself, and usually, you know, I think it's by being of service and helping other people, you glow. And when you glow and you have an inner confidence and you feel like your life is good and you're making a difference, um, um, it's amazing how you will attract the right kind of people. All right. So everything was written down, what you just said, because a whole lot of people can use that information on this show. All right. Well, let me wrap this thing by saying uh, that your series... Let's Get Physical airs each Wednesday night at 8.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Hey, thanks a bunch for checking in with us. Well, yeah, and if anyone wants to see see some of the previous episodes, I hear there are some on poptv.com, but um, there are some wonderful clips on my Instagram, which I've posted, and Facebook. So if you want to get an idea of what I do in it, at least, um, there are some great clips there. Super. Well, thank you so very much. You're welcome. Ms. Jane Seymour. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Please welcome musician Robert Diebel to the show. You know, I usually ask band members to identify themselves, but I I guess I just did it for you. Can you ID your other band members? Sure. We got Martin, we got Sydney, we got Josh, we got Matt. All right. And what do they play? We got Martin on the viola, we got Sydney on the cello, uh, Josh is on bass, and Matt's helping us out on drums. All right, super. Well, you have a brand new record out that's causing quite a fuss. A, a, a few cuts are now being played on national radio stations that are a little, little higher on the food chain than us. Well, not. Not yeah okay a lot higher on the food chain than us but anyway is it cool to tune in and hear the stuff being played while driving around in a car that's that'd be really neat yeah it's especially cool for me <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's not gonna be me so I'm preferring to you absolutely um, I've never had anything yeah anyway um, so a lot of people were involved in putting this record together correct yeah throw out some names Greg Markle uh, produced the record and. Uh Brooks uh, mastered it for us, and we had um, a couple of studios actually working with us. Antoine Arvisu down in uh, the uh, Los Angeles area recorded the uh, the earlier bass and drum tracks, and so it it went through a couple of different studios, and then we summed it all up in Seattle and sent it out. Super. Well, you've been in the music business for a long time, correct? This is your sixth album released. And in the past, you performed with, what, Victoria Williams, Rachel Blumberg of the Decemberists, and many others. My question is, do you still have the same fire now as when you first started out? I'd say it's a refined fire. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's nice. 
You know, myself, my fire went out years ago, but some days there's like a tiny little spark, but refined. I like that very much, Robert. All right. Um, hey, can, can someone make a great record without experiencing some angst, sadness, or isolation? Because I bet it'd be tough writing a record when everything goes your way and there are no problems or issues. What are you yeah, write about? Yeah, I think that would be pretty tough. I think you've got to have some, some emotional material to work with. So what was the driving force with the record for you? Uh, this record was all written about uh, my daughter, who started out as a, uh, a foster kid, wow. and uh, we, uh, we parented her for about a year, and then uh, reunited her, and then became uh, extended family with her birth mom, and kind of followed them around uh, like parental stalkers for uh, a couple of years, and uh, at the end of three years, um, we uh, were given the opportunity to, to adopt her, and so... Um, we were all still in contact, birth mom and everybody. Um, that's the that's the, the happy end of the story. Cool. That'd be a good documentary. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, what's the name of the next song, and what's it about? Uh, this uh, Several songs on the record are about my daughter's name in different translations, and uh, her name is translated as the word uncertain, and that was kind of the... Uh, the word that was in the back of our minds throughout much of the journey. We didn't know where how things were gonna were gonna end or end up. So that's what the name of this song is. All right, super. Let's do it. up again Uncertain It's how you came to me It's how you came to be Uncertain Calling out your name From somewhere far away
And you're spending time with Spud Goodman. That's time well spent. My, how time flies. Here he is, Chance the Intern, our very own Bachelor contestant who is making time with my only living aunt. Lauren, will you accept this for us? As this is personal for me, may I ask, what are your intentions? I mean, you really don't have a job or anything. Like, what's your major? Uh, how do you plan to support my aunt oh, and, and allow her to maintain the lifestyle she's accustomed to? I will tell you, she likes nice things. Wait, Chance. You don't have to respond to him. No, it's fine. So my major is digital design, and I expect to have multiple job offers when I graduate. The okay, starting uh -huh. salary in this field is much more than you make doing this little radio show for sure. They want to shatter your mind talking about Justin Bieber! You know, there's no need to get personal, Chance. That really is can I Can I can I ask if, if you plan to make a real commitment? I, I don't want to speak for my aunt, but she doesn't have time to waste with some young punk stringing her along. That really is between Dorothy and I, don't you think? Uh, you know, Chance, I gotta say, I, I do see Spud's point here. I know I would feel protective of my aunt, too, if she was dating someone who might be a bit uh, age-inappropriate. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Excuse me? Well... Uh, hey, I'm quite capable of determining what's age-appropriate for myself, thank you. Uh, this is my personal, private life you are discussing here on the air, and I think this would be a good time to end the show. But we still have a few minutes to kill before Robert's ready to play us out, so... Hey, can I ask you off the record, Chance, if you're using protection? Uh, really? I mean, I mean yeah. you millennials may not have had a legit sex education class in school like we did in my day. Um, you have to be responsible in this area. You know, the last thing you need at your age is, is a kid out of wedlock. Don't be one of those guys. Again, that is none of your business. Uh, you know, I'm sure Chance experienced sexual education in the home or at church. You know, in our family, we have a pamphlet that we plan to show all our kids really? when they turn 17. Uh, so far, only our oldest, uh, Gerald Jr., who's now in the 11th grade, has read it. Uh, we gave it to him on his birthday last month, and I'm proud to say he passed the pop quiz I gave him the other day with flying colors. He got a 97%. Well, I hope the pamphlet at least had pictures. Is that, is that, that's about the closest that kid's going to get to having a Playboy well. or penthouse to keep under his bed. The Masturbation Network, keeping America baiting for 300 years. 
Mr. Goodman, I can assure you I will be respectful of your aunt, and if our relationship should lead to marriage, I think I could accept you as a nephew. What? It would, it would be difficult, huh. but I could learn to live with it over time. Oh, God. I, I did not even think of that. Oh, my. While I care for Chance a great deal, there's no need nephew? to overreact here, Spud. Who knows where this will go? I know you have my best interest at mine, but, you know, even... Even though you say that, you never call me. Well, I'm, I'm going to do it I, uh, right, this weekend. Right, Please just accept that this is a private matter between Chance and I. Again, I say respect our privacy. And Dorothy, I can't be his nephew. That is non-negotiable. What the hell do you have to lose? You know, having to address him as Uncle Chance? Well, that would be an unpleasant situation for uh, you, Spud. You think? Yeah. It's not like I would order you around at Thanksgiving or Christmas. I think you're freaking out here, and it's not necessary. You know, maybe you could come up with a new term to call him. Uh, like, well, like I will always address him as Chance the Intern, no matter what. If that's what makes you feel comfortable, okay, that's fine. A few decades from now, when I'm visiting you at a nursing home, I guess I could keep our family connection private and just say I used to work on your old radio show and was checking up on you. Well, I, I guess I could live with that. I mean, it would be nice to have somebody visit me in the nursing home besides EMT staff coming in an ambulance. Oh, I, I promise I will visit you, Spud. Uh, time permitting, I would make every effort to swing by wherever your place, but I, I gotta tell you, I hope it's not too long of a drive as my schedule is so darn heavy. I'm gonna outlive you, dude. Um, I think it'd be actually... Let's bet on it right now. Well, Spud, Spud, I believe our musical guest is ready to go. So can we end the show now? He really seems quite bored listening to this conversation. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. But, you know, the one thing I did learn on this particular show is that this studio is a breeding ground for illicit workplace love affairs. And that is very disturbing. Illicit? Can well, I go in it? I have stuff to do. Stuff to do? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You Finish up that game you were playing on your phone. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you would think he would be incapacitated with carpal tunnel issues being on that phone so much. You know, wait till he hits his mid-20s. It'll catch up to him. I hear you. But all right. Anyway, I got to close now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Robert Diebel.
played for and free Copyright 2018, Spud Goodman Productions.